1: There is a place just for you, a place that embraces the promise of a warm spring night and a reminder to hurry home on a cool autumn evening. It is a place that exists above and below, where the surreal and sublime dance cheek to cheek. This is a place just for you to sit back and enjoy. Beautiful tales for the disenchanted. Our tale tonight is entitled The Ultimate. Chapter 27. I mean seriously, what the fuck is happening? Robert finishes talking and looks at Greg and Jill to see what their reply will be. Greg looks as tired as his faded green lantern t-shirt, the lantern symbol holding the middle while the white circle peels from the fabric. Jill looks pale too, the latest round of chemotherapy she's endured having removed the colour from her eyes, reducing them to a soft grey. A blue-green bandana wraps around her head, a yellow scarf protects her neck, while a green army jacket drapes her thin body. Robert has worked hard never to let any sadness invade his merest thoughts when he's around Jill, because the last thing she needs is anyone's pity. He still focuses on being as normal as possible, but it is difficult when Jill was the one who'd been there for everyone else, through thick and thin, always with the perfect advice and the open heart. Of all the people... Why did it have to happen to her? This must be the sixth breakdown you've had, says Jill. Greg scratches his scruffy beard and looks to his wife. I'd say it's his seventh breakdown. Seventh? Which one am I leaving out? What about the band trying to get back together? Jill tilts her head to the ceiling to have a think and then shakes it in disagreement. Nah, that's part of this breakdown, she says. Do you think so? Definitely. Robert leans in across the coffee table and waves his hands at his friends. I'm right here guys. They turn and look at Robert as if they're stunned that he bothered to stick around. You know we're teasing Robbie, Jules says her smile warm and tired. I know I'm happy for the attention but seriously what do you think is going on here? Last night after Kirk aka Ultimate Man either ran or flew away Robert was left to mull over what had just occurred. He was definitely freaked out. This guy had not only broken into his home, but he was also so relaxed while talking about his so-called mission. That whole exchange was insane. On the plus side, he didn't hurt Alfred, and that was a solid way to win big points with Robert. In fact, Alfred seemed completely nonplussed by the whole event. With his adrenaline flowing, Robert had potted about the house for a while and eventually decided to go to bed for no other reason other than there was nothing he could do this late at night. Yes, he should go to the cops, but he didn't want Kirk arrested. That didn't seem like it would help the poor guy out. Robert knew that he had to speak to Greg, that of all his friends, he'd be the one who wouldn't respond with an answer like, call the cops and then see a therapist. Or, maybe we should have another joint and then make a decision. He needed someone who was going to listen to him and have an open mind at how best to tackle this situation. Maybe you need to call the cops and get professional help, says Greg. Are you serious? Do you think I'm mental? Greg and Jill exchange glances again. It's a pretty crazy story, Robbie, says Greg. I'm not saying I believe him. I think he believes him, but I don't. Why would I? It's a crazy story. Before Robert went to bed, he realised for the first time in a long time that he didn't want to sleep alone that night. So he wandered about until he found Alfred, who was dead to the world, under the lounge. Robert bent down and tried to coax him out, but Alfred was having none of it. This was the incorrect response. Robert lowered himself onto his stomach and dragged his cat out by the front paws. Alfred opened one eye as if to say, What the fuck are you doing? But didn't complain as he was swooped up into his owner's arms and taken upstairs to the bedroom. That night, Robert dreamed. It was a continuation of the dreams he'd been having. A group of costume characters helping people from wrecked buildings and bridges on fire. A man who moved so fast you couldn't keep up where his voice was coming from. A woman in an emerald costume with gloves that can make any shapes she thinks of. Holding a tornado in her hands the way a normal person would hold a delicate flower. Soon other heroes appeared, a man in red and grey suit of armour, a woman with a white costume that hurled back her power of a million stars, a grey muscular brute who shakes the earth with each step, who saves children in his gentle arms. At one point, someone mentioned a book. But then, like all good dreams, Robert woke and soon had forgotten the minutiae of his dream. He woke alone in his bed. Alfred had returned backstairs to where he was originally more comfortable. Robert found his cat in the kitchen, waiting for his breakfast. Meow, said Alfred. Thanks for the company, shithead, replied Robert as he bent down to pat his cat. Alfred purred and moved about his legs, dishing out affection in the hope of being fed. After a coffee and a shower, Robert called Greg and asked if he would be in at the store today. No, today was Greg's time to be at home with Jill. Before Robert could apologise and leave them in peace, Greg invited him to their place in Coburg. For a moment, he felt foolish at the thought, considering what Jill was going through. She'd love to see you, Greg said. Robert stopped thinking about himself and knew deep down he'd love to see her too. He found it difficult to know how much space he should give his friends. There's a fine line between being around and being around too much. He said he's coming around tonight after he's found wherever this song thing is, says Robert. I just... I want to deal with this in a way that doesn't have me back in the news again or on the front page of the Daily Grind. In the Daily Grind's defence, they used a very handsome photo of you, Jill says. Greg, I think your wife is flirting with me, says Robert. What a relief. Takes the pressure off me for a while. Do you want another tea? Coffee? Maybe a coffee would be nice, thanks. Greg looks to his wife, who shakes her head very gently. She's had enough for the moment. Greg picks up the empty cups and mugs and leaves the two of them in the lounge room. There are large cracks in the walls that they have covered by with well-hung prints and loose hanging fabric. Their furniture is old-fashioned and plain. Wooden shelves from a bygone era support a TV and sound system that were only bought less than a year ago. Robert remembers when they bought the house before everything went to shit and the plans they had for their little home. Then the GFC hit followed by Jules' diagnosis and ever since then his friends have been doing their best just to survive. For a moment, Robert feels ashamed at his crisis of confidence. It's easy to be wrapped up in existential issues when you have your health and wealth. "'It's good to see you,' Jewel says. "'Yeah, you too. I'm sorry to be bringing this. Whatever this is to you when you guys have real issues to deal with.'" Jewel moves carefully on the lounge, her brow wrinkling with effort before she settles again. For a moment, her mouth quivers before locking back into a firm position. You don't have to be sorry, she says. I'm relieved to be talking about something else, even if you are mental. Robert laughs. I know. Maybe you're right. It is possible I've had a breakdown. Do you want to know what I really think? Robert does. He stands up out of the chair he's been sitting in and moves around to the lounge alongside Jill. She takes his left hand in both her hands, her cold fingers holding as tightly as possible. I think the band brings back painful memories for you, especially with your memory of Melody. Now you have this crazy homeless guy, Clark Kirk. He said his name is Kirk Allen. This Kirk Allen guy who tells you a story where you're the hero, you're the guy that can make everything right, and he has inadvertently hit a nerve because on some level you want to believe this. I'm not judging you. Heck, if someone told me that I was secretly a superhero fighting the forces of evil in another universe, I'd gladly buy into it too. He's obviously delusional, though. It's just a coincidence that what he said would resonate. We look for patterns in life to explain why shit happens, but often there's no explanation. Trust me on that one. I think you have two separate things going on here that you have to deal with. First, you have to answer the question posed by the band. Not the question they're asking, the question the idea of the band proposes. I understand why you might not want to do it, but have you asked yourself why you might like to give it a go? Robert nods. He hadn't even thought of what the benefits might be in bringing the band back together. Were there benefits? He's just so angry at everyone, especially Nico. If it weren't for him, everything with the band would have been fine. It was Nico that dated Melody. Nico who broke her heart. Nico who blamed everyone else for her leaving the country. If he'd been a semi-decent guy, then Melody doesn't feel a need to go overseas to find herself and then dies in a random accident. That feels like an insurmountable barrier to want to get over. ''Have you listened to the album again yet?'' says Jill. ''No. No, I haven't.'' Jill clicks her tongue. ''You'll be in trouble from Christy,'' she says. Greg and Jill had met Christy on many occasions, with the woman bonding over their love of teasing Robert. ''I know. I promise to. I'll listen to it today... tonight.'' ''Did Greg tell you we listened to it last night? The album, that is?'' ''Really? Why?'' Because it's part of our youth too, she says, clicking her tongue to admonish Robert. And guess what? It still sounds great. It's full of fantastic songs that are a part of a vibrant era in the Australian music scene, and we really got into it. It brought back many, many great memories, and we'd love to hear them live again. I'm guessing this is not the answer you were searching for. Robert grins and runs his hand through his hair. On the one hand, he's relieved. Who doesn't want their work to hold up over the years? On the other hand, if Jill had confessed that it sounded dated, then maybe that would give him the answer he secretly desires. Yes. No. I don't know, Robert says, sitting back on the lounge, dejectedly. I just don't know. I feel like on repeat these days. Look, on the one hand, getting the band back together feels like a regression. I'm completely S.E. Hinton about it. That was then, this is now. I want to write new music, you know, express myself with new sounds, but... It's not like I'm doing that anyway. Why not, Jill asks as Robert pauses to take a breath. He looks at her and loses his train of thought as he feels her hand still wrapped around his. How many more times will he have this opportunity to sit with his friend? I've lost the ability to hear music anymore, he says. Jill rubs his hand in a comforting way. Maybe doing a few gigs with the band will kickstart the creativity in you again. I'm not saying that's the right way to go about it, but it might be though, don't you think? Robert sighs. It is a good answer. Yes, yes, you're right. But I'm still so mad with Dinko and the way they tried to strong-arm me yesterday, and it isn't my fault they don't have money, or some of them don't have money. They're not my responsibility. Fuck, Jill, I don't know. They sit in silence for a moment. Robert looks at Jill. When do you go back to the doctor, he says. Tuesday, says Jill. Tuesday. Yeah, okay. Robbie? Yes? Jill uses all her strength and pulls Robert in close to her face and kisses him gently on the cheek. Don't be angry. Life's too short. Greg's angry. He's angry about the shop possibly having to move for stupid apartments. He's angry he's not more successful. He's angry about the cancer. He tries to tell me he isn't, but he's lying. Sometimes it ruins the time we have together. He does his best, he really does, but he shouldn't be angry. Life is unfair sometimes, but what is the point of yelling at the sky? I don't ask much of you, Robbie. You've always been our best friend and I love you to bits. Just promise me you won't be angry anymore. Embrace the moment and live for me, okay? Robert feels his eyes moisten and fights them back. He's not going to cry while his friend holds his hand, dying of cancer, asking him to live, live his life. He leans in and kisses Jill on the forehead and hugs her as gently as he can. When he pulls back, he notices Jill hasn't wavered, her gaze firm, her mouth taut. ''Okay, you're right. I'll have a listen to the album and do my best to make the right choice for the right reasons,'' he says, with a conviction that takes him by surprise. He continues to look Jill in the eyes for a moment before asking his next question. ''So what the fuck do I do about this Kirk Allen dude?'' Jill lets a big smile spread across her face. ''I'm worried about that smile,'' he says. ''What do heroes do when they come up against a threat too great for any individual?'' ''They form the Avengers?'' they ask their friends for help. Greg walks back into the lounge room, a coffee in one hand and a packet of biscuits in the other. He looks down at his best friend holding hands with the love of his life. Hey honey, I was just making out with your rock star friend, she says with a wink. She looks back at Robert. You're Bernard Fanning, right? If that were Bernard Fanning, says Greg, I'd be fighting you to make out with him. Greg looks at Robert and notices the goofy smile on his face. What are you smiling about, says Greg As he places the coffee and the biscuits down on the table I think it's time to sound the siren And assemble the team Thank you for joining us You're always welcome here Remember to avoid danger with strangers And never accept advice from mice We hope to see you again here soon Until then